It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Final full hour. We'll have 15 minutes and 6 o'clock hour as well. Seton Hall and Georgetown is tonight here on the Team 980. Of course, we're your home for all kinds of live play-by-play over the next few months. We have, uh, of course, Georgetown basketball, Maryland basketball, Uh, We got uh, the NFL playoffs. We got the Super Bowl uh, coming up. uh, And we will, uh, at least I will, be out in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week, uh, Tuesday through Friday that week. So we'll be doing shows from Radio Row, which will be very exciting. So it's a pretty exciting time in the new year here for the show. Uh, We also, uh, what was the other housekeeping thing I was going to say, Anthony? Oh, gosh, darn it. You hate to see it. You hate to see the ADD just squirrel. Dang. Do, do, I, w- I was trying to think too. Do, and I do, do, couldn't think fast do, enough. Yeah. Like what are, are the other things that people need to know about the show? Uh, we got never read the comments tomorrow. We got. This is killing me. Take a man tomorrow. Yeah. We're recording. Take a man. Actually, we might have take a man Thursday think is how that's going to wind up working out um we're hopefully going to catch up with our guy bonta hill tomorrow yeah um who uh he is does mornings out in san francisco and the bay area and so he's got insight on adam peters he's got insight on bob myers um so that'll be that'll be good that wasn't what i was going to say but that hopefully is something uh that we are going to do um i'm not really sure what i was going to say but that's that's all right uh YouTube audience, by the way, back with us now. Uh, Thanks for everyone who stuck through. A little bit of a snafu on that side of it, but we are rolling uh, on YouTube, on the Odyssey app, uh, live on your radio. And uh, it's time, Anthony, to go around the NFL. And so uh, multi-purpose segment here. One, we are going to uh, take a look back at the games, but considering it's already Tuesday, so much is already happening uh, we're not going to go too far into the games themselves. A couple of key points here and there, but mostly an opportunity to kind of put a bow on every team season as we, as we go through. And of course, to do the all important compiling Anthony of our final records of the regular season, though we are going to go week. through the Super Bowl. I think I had a good week. That's good for you. I don't know that I believe you. At least you know, I know you didn't have a good Saturday. Hey, look, I know. Ugh. All right. I didn't mean that even as a personal shot. I just know the, the game that we picked opposite on Saturday. But it maybe, hit here. Maybe you came. Maybe you came back. All right, Steelers Ravens. We got that one right. Yep. Uh, this was ugly in every possible way, uh, and the Steelers won, but they lost T.J. Watt in this game. Uh, by the way, Mike Tomlin today already ruled Watt out for the Steelers playoff game this weekend, uh, which prompted a very funny tweet from J.J. Watt going, "You think they'd notice?" <laughs> That uh, is hilarious. I'm sure if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'd call JJ and be like, hey, man. Do you, do you really want to play? Do you want to? Uh, we got a roster spot. We got a jersey. Just as long as you TJ wear the same size. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, uh, Steelers uh, get the playoff spot. Unbelievable that that's a 10-win football team. Uh, they don't even have a quarterback. Like They're just bouncing between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky and whoever else played for them this year. Najee Harris, bona fide stud, 26 carries, 112, and a touchdown. Ravens sat everybody. Uh, it was a miserable weather day, and that's kind of that. 
Texans and Colts. Brutal way for the Colts season to end as Anthony was there to see in person. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 30 for 188, but uh, couldn't contain CJ Stroud. Nico Collins, uh, nine catches, 195 and a touchdown. Texans make the playoffs and ultimately with the Jacksonville loss, win the AFC South. Yeah, definitely a heartbreak in Indy last weekend. Uh, they'll be back. That is that is all I'll say. I think. Uh, so, I mean, could you imagine if this game was Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud? And hopefully, that's a matchup we get to see for years been to come. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, all right. So you got you got that, uh, and then then we get so that's two and zero for me, one and one for you. Uh, Browns and Bengals, not much to talk about here. Bengals, congrats to them on finishing over 500. The Browns sat everybody. Uh, Driscoll threw for two touchdowns. Uh, Bengals just, they had a party. That's that's what we both picked? You chose the Browns. Why? I'm joking. <laughs> no. Okay, thank God. <laughs> you, are th- you are perfect on the week so far, Craig. All right, excellent. Love that. Uh, Lions and Vikings. Uh, Nick Mullins was super Nick Mullinsy. Uh, 396. That's twice this year he's been over mm-hmm. 390. Um, unfortunately, they've lost both of those games. Uh, two touchdowns, two picks. JJ had 12 for 192 to close out the year. But really, the big story of this one moving forward, Ant, is the Lions, who were headed to the playoffs uh, with a 12 and 5 record, the number three seed in a home playoff game, lose their stud young tight end, Sam Laporta. His foot just kind of slipped on him, his knee got caught in a weird way. And Laporta is going to be out for the foreseeable future here. Um, that is such a big blow to that offense. Um, and ironically, the guy that uh, they used to have there as their stud tight end, TJ Hawkinson, uh, was on the other sideline uh, for for Minnesota. But Laporta sets the rookie franchise, or sorry, not the rookie franchise record, the rookie record period for catches by a tight end. And a couple of plays later, really, he limps off the field with a knee injury. Yeah, super unfortunate. Um, what is your like, you know, your theory on, you know, resting guys at this juncture in the season? Like you already got division locked up. I don't necessarily think you rest him though, because he's a rookie kind of thing. I mean, I think you and by the way, Laporta technically listed as questionable, so I guess maybe he could play this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um it wound up being a hyper extended knee. Um so that'd be pretty sick if he could play this weekend. Yeah. Um, because they, he's a huge part of what they do, uh, run game and especially in the pass game. I tend to side on the treat it. I would almost treat it like a preseason game kind of thing, where okay. I play my guys a little bit yep. to try to keep the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, get them out of there. But get them out of there because you know there's no there's no real upside. And there's massive potential downside. So risk management, I I was kind of surprised that these guys were in there. Yeah, they were in there. I mean, I think you, you look time. at I, I would be I would pull guys away more than NFL coaches do. Like, you know, two weeks ago when Mike McDaniel uh left Bradley Chubb and them in there late when they're getting blown out. Yeah. That couldn't be me. And I think I don't and by the way, I don't think it will ever be Mike McDaniel again. I think I think he was like, that was dumb. Um, and it wasn't dumb. It's it's unfortunate. It's unlucky. Yeah. But late in a close game, when you got bigger fish to fry, there's just no point. Um, so I'm I, I feel bad for the Lions in that. Uh, but they'll have to go forward without him, or maybe with him. See if he can get back this weekend. Of course, also uh, these they're both their coordinators uh, interviewing 
for jobs potentially over the next couple of weeks. Um, so lots going on in Detroit. And if that wasn't enough in terms of the storylines, Matthew Stafford's coming back. How about that for a playoff matchup? Man. Stafford in Detroit against the Lions. And then you got Goff going against his former team as well. I mean, sure, but it's it's different when you got yeah, the guy it, who's it, there for 10 years yeah. and is the best quarterback in the history of the franchise coming back. Got every record, yeah. All due respect <laughs> to Bobby Lane. Uh, Jaguars and Titans uh, turned out be Mike Vrabel's last game. Uh, that is something we we're going to talk about next, his candidacy for other head coaching jobs, including the one here in Washington. But um, Mike Vrabel goes out having just absolutely owned the Jags in their time together in the AFC South. Jags, they won. They were in. Trevor Lawrence uh, stopped to the goal line, and, and they ultimately go from a team that had a path to the one seed for a long portion of the season to a team that doesn't even make the playoffs. Shows you how how fractional the uh, the margins are. And, by the way, they let go of a bunch of their defensive coaches, which is the side of the ball that was better for them this year. Yeah, I didn't quite understand. Uh, I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand why they let go so many people on the defensive side of the ball because guess what? They were opportunists. They came up, you know, with big plays, big stops. Granted, against the Titans, it didn't necessarily work out that way. But for majority of the season, they definitely um, balled out. But yeah, going into week 13, they had a 98% chance to make the, uh, the playoffs. And the fact they went out this bad. Brutal, man. It, it's brutal. There's but a couple of teams that just collapsed down the stretch. Yeah. Eagles, yep. uh, Jags, uh, and uh, oh, who's the other one that I was thinking of? Dolphins have not been particularly great down the stretch. And the Commanders, too. We lost eight straight. Uh, that You got you to gotta be <laughs> no. up to collapse. <laughs> You're it's right. like, you know, they the, we the, really went here. Like, Humpty Dumpty had fallen all the, off the wall. All that happened was some folks stepped on the eggshells. Uh, Jets and Patriots, uh, 17-3 was the final in this one. Uh, you had the first, like, I, it's just an incredible end if this is the end for Belichick, although it sounds like they're trying to work some things out up there where, where Belichick could potentially give up personnel control and just be the coach and focus on that. Um, and you look at what he did defensively this year, and there's some, he's clearly he can still coach on that side of the ball, um, but he's got to get a, a better offensive coach in there. And the one guy who's worked for him best over the years is Josh McDaniels. And there's rumors that already that McDaniels, who, by the way, I don't know who else would hire him, um, but that McDaniels could wind up going back to New England mm. and help kind of reinflate that side of the ball for them. So, all in all, uh, a, a pretty embarrassing end against the team of the Jets who Belichick just freaking owned over the years. Owned. And they're like, huh, sucker. Brees Hall, 37 carries in the finale for 178 yards. What a miserable football game this was that all of us were paying attention to because it had uh, draft implications for the commanders. Yeah, and, you know, ironically for us, it still ended up working out. It sure did. Um, in large part, yeah. thanks to the game we're going to talk about next. But it uh, it worked out in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be Falcons and Saints, which turned out to be the last game for Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith would be an interesting offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick. Not even kidding. Kind of a defer, defense, run first kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. A little prickly, though. You yeah. Fit into the, the culture up there of coaches who are uh, – in, uh, eccentric personalities. 
Yeah, I just think he needs a quarterback, though, like that he can like trust. Yeah, well, because some, they literally are quarterback away. They missed so badly on Ritter. I mean, I it was just funny because Ritter and Hal wound up getting compared because they're in the same draft and they kind of were named the starters. And the difference is Ritter was a third rounder. Ritter was like designed to be the starter there. Howell was, I don't want to say an afterthought here, but it was like, yeah, that's going to be a backup who maybe if we get lucky turns into something, but he was a fifth rounder. Ritter, I would rather have Sam Howell, even with what I've seen in the last six weeks of Sam Howell, I'd rather have Sam Howell seven days a week, uh, and especially on Sundays, compared to Desmond Ritter. Ritter is just an inevitable bomb waiting to go off. And this game was tied 17-17 at halftime. And he comes out on, like, was it literally the first play of the second half? Throws a terrible pick. Misses a bunch of other stuff. He throws for 291. Like, he actually he had a really good first half and, and really inflated that. In the second half, he was just awful. Uh, and that's so despite Bijan going over 100 yards receiving, Ooh. having another couple big carries, being just a stud, Drake London is really good. Kyle Pitts is criminally underused. Like, he just they're so bad at quarterback. I, I would have probably seen if I could have continued with Arthur Smith, but I also just get the sense that there's like, he's a weird guy in terms of the friction he has with people. Obviously, he was ticked at the end of this one um, with what happened and, and the Saints players. Pretty stupid thing what they did there at the end, getting the, the touchdown out of victory. If you want to run a play, you run a play, but you can't go victory formation and then run a fake play when you're up 41-17. That's stupid. Um, yeah. And so ultimately, 48-17 is the final score, and Arthur Smith got fired. Uh, yeah. Low character move by, you know, James and the uh, the Saints at the end. But Arthur Smith, yeah. It's time for him to go. But, yeah, Ritter, I, th- I think just going back to, like, his season as a whole. Like, they had so many games. They had one, Craig. So many times he's in the red zone, he throws Benjamin St. Juice his first and only interception. Yeah. He uh fumbles out of bounds against the Bucks. They're they're just it's, it's the number a and play the timing. Away. You're right. Exactly. You're right. Those interceptions and those picks, those like, fumbles, dude. everything. It's brutal, brutal quarterback play. Um they should trade for Justin Fields if they can get him out of Chicago. Ooh. That is the perfect fit. Now ironically the coach you'd want for that is Arthur Smith, but I'm sure there's plenty of other guys who would be very good. Like Slowick there I think would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Especially if they could get a guy like Fields. All right, uh, when we get back, we will go through the rest of the games, the rest of the storylines, including some division champions decided. That's next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. (laughs) There's a video on the the schedule page, Anthony. Oh, that's what it was. I was like, just... Do you not hear that? <laughs> no, I I didn't because oh. I uh, I left something on. It wasn't in queue, and then I I, got, I see what happened there. Yeah, um, that was a wacky bit. Anyway, I don't, most I don't want you to get fined. No one, thank you, thank you. No one, no one listening knows what the hell we're talking about, which is fine. Uh, just know that uh, Linnell is coming in, uh, come in uh, ten minutes uh, for overreaction Tuesday. Right now, though, let's wrap up uh, our look back at the NFL weekend. By the way, Anthony, how do we? Let's see. Uh, Browns, Bengals. I picked the Bengals. Yep. Uh, you also on the Bengals? Yep. Lions, Vikings. Lions. Uh, Titans, Jags. Jags. So that's uh, that's one loss. Uh, Jets, Patriots. We both chose the Patriots. Idiots. That's two losses. Saints, Falcons. Saints. We both chose the Saints. All right. So we're doing pretty well. 
Uh, Bucks and Panthers. Ultimately, the really only thing to talk about from this game is that the Buccaneers won and they won the NFC South, which means they get to host the Eagles uh, in a playoff game. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Nope. Okay. Bears and Packers. Jordan Love finishes off a tremendous regular season. 33 touchdowns, I think, wound up being the number. And just 11 interceptions. Another 300-yard day. Aaron Jones over 100 as well. Um, Justin Fields, super interesting after this game. Talked about how, hey, if this is it in Chicago, like, I appreciate everyone. Um, he knows he hasn't done enough to solidify, solidify his spot, but certainly a, a young player that grew. I'm very interested to see what they do. Um, Eberflus is up for review. I think they should keep him. I would probably trade Fields and use the number one pick on Williams, but that's just me, Anthony. It is interesting to say the least, man. Uh, I think I'm I'm with you, Craig. I, I think I trade. I think I trade um, Fields, but if I keep Flus, I think I reconsider. I, it's fields. like it's 55-45 for me. Yeah. Like I can make a real argument for strengthening the everything around Justin Fields. And especially I think if you keep Flus, right? Yeah. Because then you give it one more shot yep. and you say, "Hey, if Fields isn't the guy, we're going to know, we're going to move on from Flus uh, unless the defense is top 5 again and the uh, it's just clear Fields is the problem." Then you could do something else, but then you then you like really start over next year. You probably get a new offensive coordinator. But I think Getzy, the OC there, did a, a pretty solid job of finding ways to to have success this year. Obviously, they only finished with nine points, but like they scored thirty a bunch this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so and obviously, as the season went, they got really good defensively. So um, I think there is a case to be made for them, especially like. Look, if New England or one of these other teams wants to trade up to one, or Washington, and they're willing to give you a lot, I don't think Washington should, by the way. From New England, maybe it's a different story. Um, then y- you can trade down to, like, three and get a stud tackle and or um, a stud receiver. Like, I think that's that's a good way to go. Uh, Broncos finish out under 500 uh, against the Raiders, who also finish 8-9. and nine. Uh, Nice little finish to the year for the Raiders. Antonio Pierce get that job. I, th- I think he's deserving of it, to be honest. I do, too. The way the team responded to him, uh, the fact that, you know, he's without Josh Jacobs, they have, you know, a couple of more question marks. I think he's the guy for the job out there in Vegas. I do, too. I think it's going to be interesting because their defensive coordinator, who obviously helped AP uh, with that defense a lot, made it as good as it was towards the end of the year. Um, he's getting interviews for head coaching jobs, uh, at least one or two places that I've seen mm-hmm. pop up. So that's going to be very interesting. I think their G- their interim GM is very highly thought of. He'll probably wind up getting the job. AP probably winds up getting the job. And then it's on them to find an OC and a quarterback. And then you're kind of in that conundrum of like, okay, we got to find someone who is hopefully going to be here a while, but is probably going to get hired if he's really good. But I, I just think, especially after they did it to Basachi a couple years ago, when the vibe is good, the energy is good, all the players are behind it, I think you have to make that move for Antonio Pierce. Uh, Eagles and Giants, upset of the day. I mean, the Eagles are just broken right now, especially defensively. And offensively, they're banged up now. What a disaster for them down the stretch. They, they, they go like 500 down the stretch, and they have the number one seed. Instead, it's this. Yeah, I, 
I can't even put into words what the Eagles have done the last six weeks. Like, it's that bad. Like, how do you go from putting up these numbers looking this good to hitting rock bottom almost? Like, they're bad, man. To get destroyed by the Giants like that, they were getting skunked, Craig. Yeah, they they, they <laughs> made it respectable-ish, 27-10 by the end, by scoring 10 in the second half. But they gave up 21 second quarter points. Just a really, really bad stretch. Um, Do you think they've gone away from sort of kind of the identity running the ball? I think they've just put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands too many times. I think not enough creativity with the run game. Like, I I don't know. I I don't know what they've done with their offense as of late. Yeah, I mean, they rushed it, let's see, 24 times in total. Um, But Gainwell, it's only seven carries. I mean... They were rolling at the beginning of the year because DeAndre Swift was one of their best players. Yep. And uh, that's changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think you're onto something there. I mean, they averaged 5-5 five, five a carry. Kenneth Gainwell uh, averaged 8-9 a carry. Probably should should have given him the ball a little bit more, um, alas. By the way, of course, on the Giants' side, uh, you have Wink Martindale resigning. So one of the best defensive coordinators out there. Curious to see where he winds up. You want a little revenge on the Giants, uh, and you want to move to an area you're somewhat familiar with, a former Ravens coordinator. Hey, Wink, come on to D.C. That'd be fun to cover. Uh, Seahawks, 21. Cardinals, 20. Cardinals uh, coming back, driving at the end, ultimately fall short. Um, nice finish to the year for Michael Wilson, their rookie receiver. Um, he's a he's a fun guy to watch as part of their build moving forward. Of course, the big question for them this offseason, what do they do with Kyler Murray? Chiefs and Chargers, the Chiefs won in a game that meant nothing. Cool. Uh, Rams, Carson Wentz had a had a nice little day, I guess. Uh, Sam Darnold had a very mediocre day throwing to, you know, I guess, you know, Ayuk played and, and Debo played. Um, but Wentz, Wentz rushed for 56 yards. I think that's the story of this game. Carson Wentz apparently can run. And he had a tug. Yeah, he ran it 17 times. They ran a design QB draw. It's crazy. <laughs> like, but, this is not 2018. What are we doing? I think it's also a good sign, of, you know, Carson going out there and showing he still got it, though. I don't care. Or maybe it's Sean McVay. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he, does not, he definitively does not still got it. Um, the only thing that mattered in this game, big picture, uh, Puka Nakua gets the rookie receiving record. Good for him. Heck of a draft pick by the Rams. Cowboys 38, Commanders 10. Obviously, we know what happened there. And then in the final game of the night, the Bills 21, Dolphins 14. Fourth quarter collapse kind of by the Dolphins, but really just the Bills stopped getting unlucky slash shooting themselves in the foot. They were the better team all game long pretty much. And Josh Allen turned the ball over in the red zone, had the silly decision at the end of the half, which I don't want to say it's like indefensible. He had his guy running towards the end zone and thought he was going to get in, but you really got to put that ball in the end zone or or else. Uh, so bad decision for sure. And eventually, like he just finished some drives. And really, it's the Miami offense that you're you're worried about. Uh, but also defensively, like the injuries have stacked up. And I just unfortunately, because I really like that Miami team, I just don't think it's not that they're not built for the playoffs. Like people are going to do the Miami cold weather. Are you built for December? Bit. It's not really that. They just. They're not the same team because they don't have the same dudes. And that matters. Talent matters in this league. Yeah. I love to see what the Bills have done. I thought Stephon Davis was going to finally get 100 yards. You know, he started off the game really strong. but yeah, he, he mattered in the game, though. Yeah, he, he definitely has some uh, big catches. Um, 
But still, I just want to see a little bit more. Josh Allen, though, he's he's looking the part again, you know? Oh, he's he's, he's, he's going to finish near it. the top of some MVP ballots. I saw Orlovsky put him second. I'm trying to remember who he had first. Uh, oh, I think Did Lamar. Lamar? Yeah. I think Lamar, um, which tracks. Uh, all right, when we get back here on the Hoffman Show, Mike Vrabel fired in Tennessee. Should he be the top candidate for Josh Harris for the Commanders? Uh, Linnell and I will discuss. It's an overreaction Tuesday next on the Team 980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham joining us in studio for an overreaction Tuesday. What's up? How are you, my man? I'm happy. Well. Happy New Year. Happy. I, I know. I'm, it's, it, a, it's a bit I have going on where for the first month of the new year, I will be saying Happy New Year. Oh, there's like a whole Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm thing about how after January 3rd, you shouldn't be saying Happy New Year anymore. Wow. Sorry, Larry. So I, I just feel like we need to hit that bum, 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 bum. Anyway, so you're, you, shockingly, shockingly, sir, have a take. Yeah, I do. Uh, as Mike Vrabel got fired by the Titans today, you said. He should automatically catapult to the top of Washington's coaching search list. Now, when I say that, because people on Twitter go crazy, not that I want to bypass the president of football ops process. If when they hire the president of football ops next week is when I think a lot of people expect that to happen. I think Mike Vrabel should be catapulted to the top of that list. Coaches like him, Craig, in our listening audience, aren't supposed to become available. He's not available because of organizational failure there with the Tennessee Titans. The last two years is the only time during his six-year tenure they didn't have a winning season. They're two years removed from an AFC championship berth. They were the number one seed in the AFC when Joe Burrow and company went to the Super Bowl. He gets the most out of his guys, man. I I am a huge Mike Vrabel stan. The only issue that I think naturally arises with Mike Vrabel and any defensive-minded candidate, as we've discussed on this show, is what happens with the offense. Because in all honesty, I think that's a big... The regression of Ryan Tannehill, him getting hurt, I think really, you know, hurt Mike Vrabel in his time in Tennessee. Obviously, they come off of a 12-win season, Craig, and they trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. The dumbest decision, to me, made by a franchise in the last two or three seasons. Because uh, look at what A.J. Brown I have to is. look at the other candidates, but, like, yeah, obviously, that's it's not a good one. I think that was the start of the fall of Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. He did not want that to happen, obviously. Uh, doing some digging on some of the reporting out there in Tennessee, he was kind of reluctant to engage in a full-blown rebuild. And I understand that considering the early success he had while he was there. Um, he's a interesting guy. He would probably, the other 31 coaches in the NFL, not that this matters, would not want to fight Mike Vrabel. He's a tough ass. I, I love everything about him, man. Yeah, He's look, authentic. He's real. That's all. Yeah. I am a big Mike Vrabel fan as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think the counterpoints to him being the top candidate start with you just can't overcome the defense thing. And I like I'm not saying that a bad offensive coach is better than a good defensive coach. Right. But you go from Matt LaFleur to Arthur Smith to Todd Downing, and that also has something to whoever it was this year. And that has something to yeah. do with the regression, right? And part yes. of it is yes, Tannehill and they whiffed 
very badly on Malik Willis. Yeah. And Will Levis wasn't enough to like be inspiring or change the trajectory this year where ownership felt like it was good to move forward. Defensively, I think ownership wants to move forward with Levis. It's just Vrabel. No, no, with, he with lost Vrabel, the power that's struggle. what I mean. Yeah. To, to feel like he's the okay. right guy For to, to lead the young quarterback, which is obviously something to consider here. Right. Um, I think that, you know, obviously the offensive line broke down. Like a guy like Taylor Luan, who used, was yeah. an all-pro left tackle, or maybe not all-pro, but a Pro Bowl left tackle, yeah. when Vrabel started, ultimately winds up retiring because of, of leg issues. Yeah. Like, the deterioration of the talent is a big deal on the offensive side of the ball, but also they didn't have a cohesive offensive plan because they kept changing coordinators. And that is the nature of hiring a defensive head coach. That said, you said something that mm-hmm. I think is incredibly important that Logan and I have kind of circled in on over the last couple of weeks of talking about this. Toughness is got to be, or has got to be the center of the culture of any winning football team. Yes. And because of Vrabel, the nature of the sport. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Vrabel brings that. And we're talking about like mental toughness, but also physical toughness. The ability to fight the, through things. I, I, and... I used this earlier today. Um, I think I was on AWOD's show uh, down in Richmond yes, talking about this. And I was like, I want a team that win or lose, the opponent leaves FedEx field going, that hurt, I'm glad that's over. Ouch. Like that even if a, you win, right. you're like, damn, that sucked. Yeah. I hated that win. That was brutal. Yeah. That's the kind of team you want. That's what they built in San Francisco. That's what they built in a lot. And there's varying versions of it, right? Like Miami beats you up with speed. Yeah. They still beat you up. There's a physicality to what they do that is imposing. It just the it's instead of blunt force, it's speed. And so you have to have a toughness that. And I think a guy like Vrabel brings you that instantly, which is why I'd absolutely want to interview him. And there's a credibility aspect, too, because he was a darn good player during his time. And that was a lot more recent than a guy like Ron Rivera, who played in the 80s. So it's levels to it. The one thing, uh, looking at the hiring cycle as a whole, notice that there are way more strong defensive-minded candidates than there are offensive-minded candidates. And does that force a guy to get hired too early? Because people are coveting these offensive candidates. So like thinking about like Slowick. Like Slowick. And I I love Bobby Slowick because and he would be my top offensive minded candidate. So let me say that out you there. You would That's put him take. over Johnson. And here I will put Bobby Slowick as my top offensive candidate over Ben Johnson. And here's why. You look at what Houston did this year offensively, a lot of it centered around the quarterback. But the ability to not have a drop-off when your offensive line is battered. Nico Collins was your number one wide receiver. They just don't have a lot of talent there in Houston. And I know they're about to play in the playoffs, so I think conventional wisdom would say, yeah, it's a damn good roster. No. They're bad along the offensive line outside of Tunsil. They were banged up. They're on to their fifth or sixth center right now. Things got ugly with Houston, but Bobby Slowick, because he is a young, bright offensive mind, was able to keep things afloat. And they're the winners of their division because of it. For sure. I think yeah. what we're also going to find out, though, over the next couple of years is, is, is C.J. Stroud, like, just that dude? Is he just invincible? Like, yeah. Is he coach so, And look, you could have some of both, right? Like, Slowick could be a dude, and Stroud could be a dude in their respective positions. Right. And these they came together, and it took every bit of both of their dudeness to overcome five centers. <laughs> right. right? Like, that's that's a hell of a season they put together down in Houston. And you talk about toughness, like, D'Amico's got it. Yes. Um, but I think Slowick... I think Johnson and what they built in Detroit, the whole grit thing, like he's a part of that in a yes. big, in a big way. The way they've drafted offensively, and and I just I think 
for me, when I compare Vrabel to some of those guys, I'd rather, I think also with a young quarterback, have someone who's got that kind of mindset, the offensive mindset of we got to protect this guy, we got to insulate him, and also create a lot of stuff around him. And I think just the way you think about football offensively tends to tends to do that more. There's a detailed level of thinking to offensive football that you don't have defensively. Now, there are a bunch of really smart defensive coaches that yes. have that. Raheem mm-hmm. Morris has been working with Sean McVay for a he, long time. He's been time. a pass and, game coordinator before. Yeah, and like, he, he's yeah. coached on the offensive side. He wasn't particularly good at it, which I think is probably – people just like to throw it out there. It's like, oh, well, he coached both sides. It was like, there's a reason he went back to defense. But he has had to think yes. about the game that way. And, you know, whether it's with Kyle and, and everybody go, going against them in practice here or yeah. with Sean, like he has, he has got that experience. A guy like D'Amico going, you know, working under Kyle in San Francisco, I think matters. Salah's got it in New York um, in a way that I think matters. And unfortunately, his D- hands are tied by Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Aaron Rodgers has a, a dead weight uh, tied to him, uh, not known as the Pat McAfee show. Uh, and what he <laughs> I does would love there. to hear your thoughts on that, too, man. <laughs> I think we should stop giving certain people attention. Well, uh, and also true, also letting them hire offensive coordinators like Nate Hackett. Mm. So, um Okay. All due respect to Nate Hackett, who's a very nice man, but he's not good at the <laughs> Off job. the top rope, Hoffman. Um, but, like... I hear you, though. That's the thing for me, is just, like, I would rather have the offensive guy still. If I'm going to hire a defensive guy, I think Vrabel shoots pretty high to the top of my list. I think your guy McDonald in Baltimore mm-hmm. is also a pretty innovative thinker um, and brings a lot of juice and energy. The good thing is, like, I just think there's a lot of good candidates. And, we, you know, we hit this every year. Yeah. Where it feels like, oh, of course, we haven't seen them do it yet. But it does really feel like this year is a little bit different. So, obviously, good for the commanders to be in the market. Obviously, their first task is to hire a front office person. Uh, We'll get you some of the latest names and uh, Linnell's takes on that. Plus, if there's any leftover uh, takes from the Ron Rivera era, uh, we'll we'll pick pick his brain. Uh, It's Overreaction Tuesday. Uh, The takes keep flying next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. And always live on the free Odyssey app. First, a look at what's trending. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Linnell Willingham in studio with us, uh, wrapping up Overreaction Tuesday. Linnell, you know, we actually don't even have that much show left. I'm about to say, yeah, you, you get... You get cut loose early today because of Hoyas? Yeah, Seton Hall, Georgetown tonight. And you got cut loose last night because the Wizards. Yep. Look at y'all. Just getting in, getting out. Yeah. Uh, and Just then tomorrow, two tomorrow we got uh, Wizards, and yeah. then Thursday we've got Maryland. So if you want to listen to us between 6.45 and 7 o'clock, you got to wait till Friday. It's a struggle. That last 15 minutes, man, that's... I say the last segment's always... It's a breeze. <laughs> Um, pop quiz. Did you know that you couldn't microwave uh, chili in a solo cup? JP Finley. Just ridiculous. I, I, I was didn't asking know you. That. I didn't know that. I you did didn't know, know that. that. Sorry. I did know okay, that. Who would put plastic? I learned a long time ago. I tried to microwave um, McDonald's inside of the packaging. Uh-huh. Set my entire childcare uh, microwave on fire. Oh, yeah. No, that's not good. I was like um, 10, 11 years good. old. It wasn't yeah, good. but you were 10. I was an um, idiot. Yeah, uh, in that particular case, it, it's you learn. Uh, I, I hope that JP knows you can't do a tinfoil. By the way, if you're like, what are you guys talking about? JP learned today yeah. as a father of two that you can't you can't uh, microwave a plastic cup. Um, Anthony, did you know that you cannot microwave plastic? Is he been? Have you been talking? I know you're upset about the Colts. 
and what happened on Saturday. Why you got to do that to I'm my sorry. guy? No, no, that's oh, inappropriate. Hold, hold on, that's, man. No, no, that's inappropriate. And but, I apologize. But now, because now I want to come put you in a an L, <laughs> an L, man. Did you but, know? Uh, yes, I did know that you could okay. not warm up or you know microwave plastic. I have I had a younger brother that's ten years younger than me. Linnell, you're disrespectful. <laughs> Linnell just pointed to the TV where the uh, Colts and Texans game is on right now because yeah. NFL Network is on. Uh, but okay, so Anthony knew. That's great. Uh, love that. He's a smart guy. I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised both of you knew. You, you two Orangemen. Yeah, uh, I don't think we needed to get to Syracuse to know that. Just JP didn't go to Syracuse. He didn't no, know. he went to Maryland. You want to know what? I'm not going to put that on the University of Maryland. That's not a Turp problem. <laughs> That's a JP problem. He a Turp. Uh, I was listening for about two minutes today as I drove around town, mm-hmm. and um, those are the two minutes I heard. So, <sighs> yikes. Yikes, man. In and around the beltway. Um, anyway, uh, all right. We got about five, six minutes here. I had a declaration I wanted to make. Okay. Oh, did I just forget it that quickly? That Texans made us <laughs> distracted. I, I, I had a declaration I wanted to make. If only I could remember it. Wow, you sound like me. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm completely blanking right now. I'm sorry. This I had a secondary thing about um, D'Amico Ryan's. Was it uh, something defense offense related? Defensive <sighs> head coach versus offensive, specifically to D'Amico. Uh, energy toughness. These are all the things we were talking about. Energy toughness. That's that's the thing, and a big reason why I'm okay with Vrabel. Yeah, this is not good radio, and I can't believe I forgot what I said, what I was going to say. But I'm 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 apologizing to you right now. Okay. Well, do you have any other takes that you would like to spout off, or would you um, like to talk about just generally the front office candidates that uh, are being interviewed? So I'm here for a take if you got one, or a proclamation if you remember it. I am thrilled about the way the hiring process has gone. I loved Josh Harris's presser yesterday. I thought he was very personable. He was human. Showed emotion. He is hell-bent on winning, and I think anyone who can't appreciate that, this probably isn't the search process for you. I'm going to stop you right there, though. Yeah. Because Dan Snyder was also mentally, in his own mind, hell-bent on winning. But Dan thought he was the smartest guy in the room Correct. all the time. I don't think Josh does, There's which is why he d- went outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Yes. There's a lo- Everyone wants to win. Winning requires humility to understand what you do and don't know. Yep. And, un- and figuring out what you don't know starts with admitting that you don't know something. Ding. And Josh Harris has no problem doing that. And I think that's great. Yeah. Love that about him. In terms of organizational structure, I know we talked about that. He had a bite in his press conference yesterday where in gambling, they use the term hedge mm-hmm. uh, to try to cover your butt on a bet. Yes. If you got a long parlay or something. Josh Harris hedged yesterday, and here's how I think he hedged. He said there would be flexibility. Hold on, I'm about to, I'm ready to pull up the exact quote. Yeah, I, I know exactly the quote that you're talking about. I'm trying to remember which one because we have all the quotes yeah. from yesterday. He said we'll be flexible. Um, here about we go. Talent. Actually, I'll tell you what, I think I think this is the actual quote. So here's here's Josh here Harris yesterday uh, on organizational structure. Yeah, so we're looking for the uh, best uh, people to build an elite franchise that's going to uh, consistently compete and win championships. So that's kind of our goal. In terms of the structure, uh, obviously, I start with talent. You want the best talent. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you let the talent just, you know, just sort of influence the structure. But my orientation, obviously, is that. Um, being uh, a, the head of football operations, being in essence the, in that lead role, that's an 80-hour-a-week job. 
Uh, being a head coach, that's an 80-hour-a-week job. Um, I think there are two roles there. Um, and so I think it's harder. I mean, it, there are certainly individuals that control everything. Uh, I think it's increasingly hard. So my orientation is not to do that. But on the other hand, uh, I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to really be somewhat flexible around talent. So that's kind of how I'm going to how I'm going to think about it. And I hope that answer your question a bit. I love that answer at the end. I hope that answers your question a bit. Just another example of him being a human. But I think that was a hedge for a certain guy that won a national championship last night. I don't disagree, although I have come around to not wanting him here. I don't want him here either because crazy follows wherever he goes, and this organization's had enough crazy. I That is well put. That is exactly um, why. I think Harbaugh will go somewhere and win. I don't know that he could do that. I don't know that that's the best thing for this organization long term. Yes, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm interested in him being a quarterback developer, though. That that has me enamored with him because he's had success. But, like, I just think it shows how well-rounded Josh is, man. He knows that, hey, that's probably not the best way to do it, but there are aliens out here in the right. NFL coaching and executive profession, and you got to let an alien be an alien. And the fact that he is already showing that, hey, look, I got to be flexible I think is a really, really good sign for the way this process is going to go, not just for hiring your football people, but rebranding, stadium, all the above, man. He is a progressive-thinking dude, and I think that's the best part uh, about this process. I think what I like the most is he – like there is a long list of tasks that have to be accomplished by certain people with certain characteristics. And what he realizes is – you don't have to say the first six have to be by person A, the next six by person B. Right. That if person A can do one, two, three, seven, nine, and twelve, let them. Yeah. And just you have to go back and cover where typically one, two, three, four, five, six are done by person A. Hey, four, five, and six aren't checked yet. You better find someone else. Yeah. And so if that is a an analytics person being the lead person, okay, we need a scouting assistant GM or like you know, we need we need someone a cat per all the boxes. It's just who has the most power and the biggest influence. And then how well do those people work together? And I have a lot of faith that they will they think about that stuff. And by the way, that's why Bob Myers is involved in this process. Right. Like Bob Myers set up the Golden State front office to do all of that stuff. To make sure that they had when Travis Schlank, who's actually ironically now with the Wizards, but when Travis Schlank left for Atlanta, they had someone else to be the number two under Bob, right? right? When the succession Steve plan. Kerr, and they, they made Steve Kerr set up the coaching staff the same way. Like when he lost Mike Brown initially, there were people to replace Mike Brown. Mike Brown ultimately comes back and leaves again, um, if I'm remembering the timelines correctly, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there is the, the people are going to come and go. Understanding who is the most important person to keep, uh, and and kind of empowering them with the top job that they're yeah. not going to get hired away to be somewhere else, and also developing pipelines and kind of security blankets, some some fail safes, some checks, I think is really really important. And I think a guy like Bob Myers understands that. I think in the companies that they've built, Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails, and Josh Harris understand that. And I think obviously Rick Spielman is there. I hope he also understands that. But Ricky. he is he is there to be the football brain because yep. by the way that matters too.
Uh, Linnell Willingham, tonight on overtime, 6.30? Tonight on overtime, 6.30 to 10, man. We'll, All right, we'll that's do a over lot of digging and diving. On 106.7 The Fan. So if you want to listen, of course, to Georgetown Hoops, you got it here on the Team 980. You want some sports talking, it's over there on 106.7 The Fan. Appreciate you, sir. We'll see you next Tuesday. Yes, sir. We'll do it again. All right, that is Linnell Willingham with us here on The Hoffman Show. When we get back, we will wrap things up with Real Things Real People Said into Real Microphones.